Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. I'm blessed every week, a retired pastor, to be with this group of people. First of all, Dr. Paul Hall, who's a retired pastor, theologian. He theologues all during the week, and theologue stands for actually whatever you want, because we don't have a word. We made it up, but it was really good. So get the cards and letters every week. Sounds good. Paul, good to see you, brother. All right. And also, all the way now, he's from Lompoc. Correct. Lompoc, California. Very That's the first good. time I've had that right in about six months, folks. But anyway, yeah. from Lompoc. <laughs> so, and then if we go across the nation, we stop in Central America in the state of Texas, where we have somebody watching over that state for us. His, his name is Pastor Ron Greer. Pastor Ron Greer is uh, an incredible pastor. He's known uh, all over the place. I just dropped my pen, but I don't really care. But anyway, Ron is known as a, a pastor. He's a, he served the Lord in so many different ways. He speaks with uh, men across the nation on how to, to build a godliness and be a godly man, how to understand and to walk with the Lord and make a difference because of whose you are in Christ Jesus. So we have Dr. Paul Hall. We have Pastor Ron Greer, and then two of our uh, wonderful team members all the way from Dalton, Georgia, by way of Sacramento area in California. Uh, we have Stephanie and Dr. Craig Thayer. Stephanie and Craig Thayer, you know, he is a surgeon. He is a, a specialist in, in health, and Stephanie is a licensed a specialist also in health as a trainer, understanding all these things. They are, are you ready for this? Now listen close. I want to be understood. They are our special guests tonight. When you've got people as wonderful as we do, and you're going to see the other guys coming up, we want to share them with you sometime. So tonight, all the way from Dalton, Georgia, where they drum roll, which we don't have yet, but they're coming. We have with Stephanie, yeah, Stephanie and drumroll here. Let's give them a hand and welcome to their own show with us again, Stephanie and Craig Thayer. And Ron, you've got the first question. We want to open up. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll help. I'll take the first question. <laughs> uh, so you, you guys are passionate about, about health, right? And my question is, why? Where does that passion come from? Our answers are different. You go first. Okay. I, I think our answers are very different. 
different why we're passionate. Um, I, I just know that it makes me feel better. So I grew up as an athlete in athletic house. My mom did pretty good with our nutrition and I just knew that I, I felt better and I kind of thought everybody had an active life and I didn't really realize until high school college that there were a lot of families that weren't like that and I just know that when you take care of yourself everything else in life changes and and especially in the believing community I often see that that is an area that may not be cared for so we think about our spiritual health and maybe our financial health and relational. And then this physical health is sort of at the wayside, especially with pastors. Honestly, I know I'm in trouble with my interviewers all being pastors, but we see it more and more with that, that life work balance or the lack thereof. And so constantly like ordering in pizza and pasta and giving it to their staff and, and just, this sedentary lifestyle because they're so busy trying to shepherd people that they're not caring for themselves. Um, I don't know if you want to, any of you want to respond to what I just said. Just got to kind of signal the pastors out, but Hey, I see that wrong. They're actually, they're an interesting group of folks because they have that pastor servant mentality and it's hard, especially if they become a coach to like feel okay about earning money to help people. Yeah. It's an interesting phenomenon. So, and um, and just to clarify, you guys should make good income as pastors. That is yeah. uh, reasonable. Make sure you have your. <laughs> <medical>. <laughs> I'm going to record that and send it to my ministry bosses. Yeah. 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 Well, I think your answer for being healthy or being passionate is different. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I in high school I got the chance to tutor two blind students in geometry. Um, it just taught me that I love to help people. And I knew I liked to work with my hands. At that point, I was cocky and thought I wanted to be a cardiac surgeon or a neurosurgeon. And then as you progress through medicine, you see different things. I got to volunteer when I was an undergrad at the UC Davis's hospital and see different surgeries. And then um, and then there were two events that, that just completely directed my life. I mean, there's going to be awkward for some people to maybe hear, but I was at the VA in Martinez, California, and I was on the medicine service. You do a medicine rotation during med school, your second or third year, surgery, OBGYN, PEDS, family practice, that kind of stuff. And um, this patient with this big lung cancer started to bleed, and they started to bleed into their trachea. <clears throat> so they, the medicine people didn't know how to put a tube in their trachea to breathe for them. They didn't know how to do a tracheostomy. So and the surgeon that was on call was in the operating room. So I stood there while someone basically drowned and told myself, I never want to be in that situation again. So that said, um, just the, the second was doing a cardiac internship at Sutter in Sacramento. And I hope there's no cardiac surgeons listening, but, um, you know, they, it, they do two things. They do bypasses and bowels, unless they're peds cardiologists and then cardiac surgeons. And if they're having a non-surgical complication, the cardiologist takes care of it. And if it's surgical, then they're taking care of it. So it, technically it was really interesting and it was fantastic to stop someone's heart and then start it again. But, and so general surgery was the way to go and it was old school. So we learned head to toe and, and UC Davis is the busiest trauma center for blunt trauma in the United States. 
Um, and so I just was a passion to go trauma and it's just in my blood from having been there. And Dr. Blaisdell, our chairman, was the pioneer of trauma in the United States. He was at San Francisco General and they created a trauma team in the 60s and 70s because of the Vietnam riots, police being bombed, uh, things that were much worse than now in some ways. And so they created a team that just responded. They published their data compared to Orange County and the preventable complication rate for them was only like 1%. And in Orange County, it was 35. So that's when trauma centers became the thing in the United States. So, and then he came to Sacramento and developed the program there. So, yeah, I just, I'm just a servant that you rotate through general surgery and everybody goes, man, I love it. It's the most impactful direct contact you can have with people. Um, but most of them couldn't survive the residency because it was sometimes 160 hours a week. So, um, but that's just what I do. I'm there to serve. And, and with that said, how good is your profession at taking care of their own health? This will make you feel better. Ooh. In the lounges, I've taken multiple pictures of. They're all carbs, you know, donuts, sugar, sugar. <laughs> uh, you know, I know when I was going through this this Optavia program, I, I go, you know, what's this licorice? From one of the anesthesia guys would bring this big bucket of Costco licorice, and and I go, first ingredient's wheat. <laughs> it's, it's pure carbs. And second ingredient, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar, yeah. yeah. So I just to pick on all the professions yeah. today. Right. Yeah. You get the pastor, <laughs> not the doctors. <laughs> yeah, at two o'clock in the morning, and you're there's the, uh, I call it the cave. It's where the computer was to do your documenting and stuff. Yeah. look at labs and pictures. And there's this whole table full of like you know wheat thins and glazed potato chips and yeah, just yeah. And because you're up at two, you deserve it, right? So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I worked in emergency medicine for uh, 17 years and right. half, uh, half that time in the ER, the tech. And I can, I can testify that sugar right. jolt at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> kind of got you going. Talk. And then when you get off work, yeah. you go and go to sleep because you you missed all those hours and you get up and eat again. And yeah, it, it is not a good environment. <laughs> You're a paramedic too. So well, and actually, folks that work um, night shift have a very hard time being healthy. Your yeah. your biorhythm is so off, and uh, it's one of the things that we go through a lot of questions that we ask potential clients. And so, mm -hmm. if you continue to work at night shift, you can expect that you you won't be as healthy as you want to be because it's very very hard on your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sorry. Great, great, Paul. <clears throat> There's an old story, you know, being a, 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 a pastor. Um, here's the question. Do you do you know what you call the belt around a Baptist pastor? It's oh, called, and I'm afraid to answer. It's called the leather fence around a chicken graveyard. <laughs> uh, so, you know, eating potlucks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd like to ask, I'd like to ask a follow-up question just a little bit. <laughs> Sugars and all those kinds of things. Um, give, given that in mind, how, how do you suggest, um, or, or let me filter this a little bit more. <clears throat> I found, um, over my years that oftentimes eating is associated with, uh, depression, low self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So could you kind of address that Steph and, and tank, could you talk about 
you know, how that dovetails because the, the psychological things that are working into our diets and then the diet affects the psychology and the emotions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you break that chain? Can you pursue yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's one of the reasons that we use the program that we use because you can, you can eat a lot of different ways and you can have healthy results. A diet is just the food you eat. So people say, I'm going on a diet. Well, everyone is on a diet. It's whatever you're consuming. But if you do something, whatever, really restrictive, there's lots of things that can work. Um, most people will do that they arrive wherever they want and then they stop and they go back to everything that they used to do. And I tell people all the time, it's not about the food and people stare at me in confusion and they don't understand. And it's actually, it's something that we just went over tonight. An hour before this, we have our weekly community night that we lead with all of our clients because you have to learn habits. And ironically, they were mad I didn't play music before. Normally I play really inspirational music. So it was kind of funny that music started just now. I think that was payback because I didn't do it tonight. Uh, Yeah, just so you know. But it's food, not for everyone, but for most people can be an addiction just like everything else. But for some reason, people don't want to talk about that. The habits, I I literally had someone write to me last week and everything she was describing was an addiction. I'm hiding it from so-and-so I'm doing this. And, you know, it is associated with happy. It's associated with sad. It's associated with stress, celebration, trauma. And most of the time, most of the time I noticed that it's probably childhood pains or hurts that people don't deal with. And what to you may seem like not a big deal, could cripple someone else, right? So sometimes that trauma isn't huge societally like you would think, but maybe it's a really tender person. And I've actually learned that it's people that overeat and people that undereat are actually a lot more similar than different because they're both controlling how they feel with food, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what I like about what we do is our job is to guide you. Of course, we help you how to eat. We're going to portion control. We're going to teach you what's a better fruit and what's a better vegetable. But if you don't start learning about why you want to be healthier, what your mindset is, what's your surroundings, um, especially women stop on mindset. A lot of them believe things that are just not true about themselves that somehow they heard along the way. And so that broken record that plays in your head is very true. And I, I know it sounds so silly, but affirmations, you know, I am an amazing friend. I add value to people. I'm a great wife. Just to start saying those things out loud, because usually we're hardest on ourselves and that's not what we say, right? Um, Sometimes it's changing the people that you're around. Some people that really love you are sabotaging you and they may not mean to. Um, It may be as simple as changing up what chair you sit in. Like if you're gonna sit down for the football game and you don't wanna eat all the potato chips, go sit in a different chair. I know that sounds silly, but it's a breakup of your routine, right? We all have a, this is the thing I do on Sunday night or whatever. And um, it took you a long time to learn those things and you have to unlearn them. And the other thing that I really focus on people with this is you don't cheat on yourself. You don't fall off. You don't ever arrive. There are life decisions that you make. And I do hope that 
you enjoy cake or fudge, we always joke about fudge on the show. It's not like there's a right or wrong. You're if you make life so restrictive, you're never going to stick with it. And this is something for life, not for, you know, tomorrow, right? It's for your whole life. So do you want to comment on the MRI and blood flow to the brain for meth and sugar? Oh, okay. So there are brain scans. Are they MRIs? Sugar is the most addictive substance on the planet. So in some ways it's not your fault. Um, And it will light up the same spots. I'm not medical like him, but it's 16 times more addictive. Like I thought it was than heroin. I, I need to look it up. I didn't think it was that. But so, you know, you hear about your family members struggling with giving up smoking. That's a joke compared to sugar. And we all act like, why aren't you overeating? And, and another thing with that sugar that people don't realize. So pasta is very inexpensive for families to make. Kids love it. That is very, very processed wheat. It's broken down from what it was. Originally, it was like manna and biblical wheat. What we have today is nothing like that. There's a long history and reason for it. But it is. it has a higher quick sugar, a glycemic index. It's a higher sugar content than table sugar. So it would be better to put a cup of sugar in front of the person you love or yourself than a bowl of pasta. Most people do not know that and they would be horrified. I know, I know. Why do you think we all like mac and cheese so much? (laughs) Cheese on it. And so people try on their own, right? Well, it takes two full weeks to not have it in your body at all, to not have the brain stimulation. And that's why, that's why they say diet soda is bad. It's not so much that it's the soda itself. It's that what they sweeten with is causes the same chemical reaction in your brain. Still, um, there are some new brands out there that are really good that use stevia to sweeten and it doesn't cause that brain reaction. So if you're looking to get sweet, I recommend stevia or monk fruit. And so you'll satisfy those taste buds. And within a couple of weeks, you're not going to be addicted if you're paying attention. I mean, sugar's in your lunch meat. So. Wow. The other thing to address what you said, Paul, um, it's a societal (laughs) cultural thing. So we've advanced in technology and food. Mm -hmm. So we get an instantaneous, immediate, uh, desire for food and so we can't we can't delay the gratification long enough we just pull through mcdonald's or chick-fil-a or in and out or in the restaurant right so that set up with now technology like cell phones zooms where we're sitting around and we're not moving it, it, in our program earlier we quoted martin luther king jr program, and it was um, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't call, crawl, move. Just move. And I added Newton, a body at rest stays at rest. If your body stays at rest and doesn't move, you clot and you're going to die. Right. So, wow. Yeah. That's encouraging. It's a spiral downwards, right? So yeah. you put on weight. It's harder to get up off the couch. So you stay on the couch longer before you... Yeah, it's just a spiral downward. Yeah, yeah. Well, since this COVID stay-home order, we have the right. highest obesity 
rate in children now. Yeah. I mean, we already had it in adults and we're giving it to the countries that we're giving our fast food to. They're starting to have these problems too. So we're, we yeah. are killing ourselves. Um, most of us not intentionally. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, no, Ron, please go ahead. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, that brings another uh, question that somebody addressed. Um, so the scripture is uh, replete with uh, passages about uh, health and taking care of the body and the God's temple. It belongs to him. Uh, Paul gives Timothy instructions about our care for his body. Uh, so you, 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 you look at, at, at what the scripture says about caring for this. And then you look at the societal and cultural sort of impact on eating and health. And you get the impression after a while is that God has an idea for, for healthy longevity. But then you get society with it, it seems to be pushing further more and more toward uh, brevity of life, bad health, and misery. Uh, so do you think that maybe <laughs> Satan's driving this thing within society and we're ignoring God's command in these areas also? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, what as you were talking, all I thought about was Daniel as a young man. You know, if you don't know scripture, Daniel gets taken, he's captive. They basically took the best and the brightest teenagers that they could try to mold into their new society, right? It's Nebuchadnezzar, I think Babylon, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. And um, they wanted them to eat really rich, fatty foods and meats. And he said, no, and wine. And he said, no, I just want my fruits and vegetables. And he convinced a guard or somebody to let him do that. And as, as you were talking, it also made me think society is telling us what is bad is good in any subject and what is good in biblical terms is being represented as bad. Yes. Yeah. This is just one of many. Uh, Also biblically, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, a lot of the men that are mentioned in biblical texts live to, if it's earlier, it's a lot more years, but it, it eventually got to about 120, 140 years, mm-hmm. which is what science feels that we could get to if we were healthy and did the right things. Yeah. yeah. So back in the day, they had healthier weed, as she mentioned. Yeah. They were, they were, active. They they were active. Yeah, they were hunters and foragers and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of, it's funny you mentioned that. My um, So in my family, my, uh, my grandmother on my dad's side, lived to 104, uh, uh, never wore glasses, uh, uh, had a stroke eventually and died 15 years later. Uh, but it wasn't unusual uh, in my childhood in those years uh, to have someone 100 years old, 102, 103, 99, and even cases where we, uh, it, like my, my, my great-grandfather, uh, he still, still farmed, worked on his farm, although he was reduced, and then when I, as I look back at, at the age, he was in his 90s and he was still doing work, still walking the church, still walking down the road to, to sort of. So, yeah, it's it's I look back at, at their diet and you go, wait a minute, it's a lot of fat and blah, blah, blah. But I think the thing is, it was naturally grown food. We, they grew all their own food. They processed their own, uh, own food and they worked nine or 10 hours a day, you know, so you had the physical, physical exertion and you had fresh uh, unprocessed food. So, yeah, I think you had a point there. 
You know, it's interesting. I got you really hit a button there. Just this past week, I was talking with Dr. Buckingham, who said to say hi to everybody. He'll be back with us. He just loves you guys. And especially he says, say hi to that young doctor, too. He's a great guy. That would be you, not us. He knows us. But anyway, in talking to him, uh, I had my appointment with him. You know, he's looking at my knees. They were going to look into these knees because they were giving me trouble. I think I mentioned it to you, Tank. And uh, looking at all this, but he wrote the book, again, you can help me get the exact words, the pulmonary radical, free radical pulmonary. Do you remember that one tank trying to remember all about the blood flow? And like Ron was saying, how the body works and, and, and being mobile, as Paul mentioned. So when we looked at this, I had a surgery doctor that did the arm, you know, the bicep for me when the dog pulled and took the arm apart and anyway, detached that and he reattached it. So he was going to look at the knees. And, you know, I said, I'm not going to go through this. About 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I had the knee surgery. I got half of them each replaced with titanium. I'm bulletproof in the front. You can send me in first. But anyway, with the titanium knees. But in any way, it was bad. They were swelling up and I didn't know what to do. And he said, you could go through all this. We'll look at this. But he said, I guarantee you what you need to do is what Steph and Tank are saying. So I just said, I'm not going to go through this. So I walked, I got some exercise in, I started walking, kind of washed what I ate, decided to unwind it a little bit, took my vitamins. He put me on a special, just regular vitamins you're supposed to take. You would know all these. You know, I went down to see him. My knees have come back to the same size. They're totally worn out on the inside. I should be walking around with a crutch. I feel great. I'm walking around with him. He says, that is how, as Ron was saying, the body will take care of itself. He, and, and Doc said, that's the way God set it up. That's the way he wants to do it. I think that really backs you up on what you've been saying, Ron. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, that, that's the phenomenon that we've seen. Uh, stuff in our coaching people, diabetes type 2 is a symptom of obesity or overweightness and in inflammatory yeah. body where the lipids are blocking the receptors in your pancreas, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly what doc, Dr. Buckingham was talking about, more lung physiology. But that's that's why COVID was so bad, because people who are obese or overweight have inflamed lungs already, poor kerosene in there. What do you think is going to happen? So well, same with knees and arthritis. If it's an autoimmune like rheumatoid, uh, I see, we've seen a nurse who was lupus, and all her markers went away. Um, it's all an inflammatory thing from not being as in good a shape. I mean, just physically carrying more weight, right? I mean, if you look at CDC's top five disabilities, they're all immobility things. And literally, we flew back just the other day, and there were nine wheelchairs needed for 200 passengers. Oh, okay. We've gone to Disney World, not every year, but probably every other year. And every time we go, there's more people in those carts around and it's not because they're missing a leg or they're disabled they just are immobile yeah there's there's something i wanted to say to some of this though because um you know you go to your doctor and they will give you a prescription that that they need to and thank goodness it will help you but most of the time it's a patch or it's a band-aid right there are some genetic markers and things that you have that you will never be able to get off medications and Thank God for that. I do believe that God is in innovation and all of that kind of stuff. But they'll say, well, you need to lose weight. And they don't have the time and they aren't versed in how to help you. And when I first started down this journey of becoming licensed, I actually got my sports nutrition license and I would help people and I would 
meal prep, I would tell them how to meal prep and what they need. And um, in theory, it's really good. In practicality, almost no one was able to do it. Mm. The To get from here to here on your own is really, really hard. Mm. And that's the other thing that made me think of, um, we were talking about sugar in food. Um, the food industry is in it to make money, mm. not in it for you. The Cheez-Its, I don't know about you, but I will eat the entire box. There are chemicals <laughs> on the Cheez-It that make you not satisfied. And it's not just, I'm not picking on cheese. They are in it to make you want more because the more you eat, the more they make. And so the program that I ended up going with does replace most of your food. One, you don't have to think about it. It's mindless. Two, it resets your taste buds. So when later I say, hey, let's try some of these vegetables, you're not horrified because if I try to have you eat a really good vegetable and you're used to Cheez-Its and donuts, trust me, the veggie is not going to taste very good. And so what we found is a much higher success rate because we're walking with people, we're teaching them about habits and we're making it really simple for them. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy for people that have always been healthy to be like, just have a kale smoothie. What's wrong with you? (laughs) And then we experience people that are 400 pounds and barely eating any food and they've tried everything. And it's heartbreaking. There's a big disparity in knowing how to do it, right? Uh, can you can you uh, can you address that 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 cycle again? Uh, I think he, what, Paul or you, you know, the person who overeats and starts gaining weight and then feels depressed and how, how can you describe that cycle and why why it's so hard to get off and mm-hmm. what and the results there? So. Day one, I'm going to do 900 things. I'm going to drink a gallon of water and I'm going to eat kale chips and I'm going to go work out and I'm going to not say anything mean to my family members. And you're you're doing really good until about 10 a.m. And then one of them goes out the door. And so by the end of a couple of days, you have failed yourself. You have disappointed yourself. You have not been accountable to yourself. You are harder on yourself than anyone else. Like you would not say any of these things that you say to yourself, to your best friend ever in a million years, right? I don't know if you've ever done that devotional where you write a letter to your best friend and it's actually to you. It's extremely eye-opening, gives me the chills. And so there's this repetitive cycle. And when you don't feel good, you are depressed. Anxiety is the number one thing I hear. And like what Pastor Joe is talking about, inflammation, there's a lot of very common foods that inflame us. Well, if it's inflaming your joints, do you think that's not doing it to the rest of your body? Right. right. It's so it is this cycle. And then, oh, I can't do it. Forget it. I'll just go eat two pizzas and then I'll sit on the couch and then I don't want to get up. And then, and it's this, and that's why, honestly, that's why a lot of people go to gastric. They are at their wits end. Mm. They don't know what to do. And honestly, gastric leads to more problems. And we get a lot of bypass people that come to us after, but because it's not really addressing the whole thing, right? Like, and this is, and this is really simple for anybody just struggling. I would love to give you a challenge, work on getting water. If you can increase your water over two weeks, you need to be good for two weeks with just water. Try to get up to eight glasses. I don't care if it has some flavor, hopefully not sugar. I don't care if it's tea. I don't care if it's coffee. They aren't the best, but it can count. If I just have you having liquid, When you can do that for yourself, then you can choose one more small thing. Like 
a five minute walk. You're not going to say I'm going to start walking five miles. So I think that's the other problem is people expect that themselves have these massive changes when for 30 years, right. you haven't done any of it. Right. 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 So yeah, so the, the program we use gets you to lose weight. You get more mobile. You get a feeling of energy within four or five days of doing this. Yeah. The plan is to never keep you on this. It's not a sustainable diet. So we teach you, and the key is, it's, it's called, well, halo effect is one. So when you accomplish a goal, the next one you set, you're more likely to accomplish. The more you do that, yeah. the more you accomplish, right? Halo effect. But the, the other one is learn, teaching people to never set their goal too high. You, get, if you need to look at a year, and you got to find where your lowest motivational point is to do this, what you're going to do. And that's where you set your goal. So that you'll every 365 days, it's just a piece of cake to accomplish. Bad pun. Um, so um, that way, as you do it and you get in better shape or do that habit better, and now it's a habit, then you may do more reps and get stronger doing whatever that is. And so now you can raise the goal to, again, that being the lowest point of what you can do that next year and it gradually gets better and better at whatever category you're trying and this goes back a little bit to what you were asking Ron, about uh society and how it's against us i mean we live in immediate gratification society yeah, that's and that's right. why people want a magic pill or shake yeah, yeah. and there isn't one there just yeah. is not and so it's hard for people to stick to anything right and <laughs> this program promotes itself we don't go out and solicit anybody we post we share people's change in their life or other people on facebook or social media and then people reach out to us or they see a friend go whoa what's happening to that person and and interesting and then they'll reach out but the funny thing and it's happened to you and i since we've done you know i lost 40 pounds in program and i kept it off um is your friends around you Sometimes you're going to lose them because you're going to dinner with them and you you need to eat the right things and they're like feeling guilty about eating the wrong things. We, we don't tell them there. Right. It's just that, or what are you eating? That's a bar. That's that's so stupid, you know. So yeah, you kind of get shunned a little bit as you're doing it, but yeah. they, you know they 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 find their way too. Not everybody likes change, and they don't like when their friends change or family, right? That's I mean. That's, yeah. Well, well, you know that, that's interesting because you know it. It's that's true. You if you if you try to uh, say eat and live healthy, uh, and just a number, a number of other things also, uh, people do feel uncomfortable around you. I mean, I I can't tell you uh, for years. My wife and I to this very day we have friends who they like to they they like wine or they like to have a beer or have a drink now and then. Uh, and we don't drink, we don't have, we don't use, you know, I take and take out alcohol at all. Now we have, we've, we've never tell them not to, we never make a deal of it, but they somehow feel uncomfortable if you're sitting there <laughs> not drinking, uh, they want you to, they want you to drink something. Uh, same thing with, uh, there's certain, uh, certain sweets and certain, certain desserts that I, I don't, I don't do, uh, because, of my addiction to certain things, right? So I've said, I don't do those things. But it's no matter how many times you tell people, it's okay, go ahead, enjoy yourself. They don't, they want, they want you yeah, to eat also, yeah. you know? And, and like, like you said, what happens is they feel uncomfortable enough after a while, 
He really don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah, we, we don't get invited to certain things because if if people are going to be drinking, they just don't invite us. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, oh, that's, that's, that's number one thing I hear. And then when it comes to food or lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's either sugar or alcohol. Yeah. And which is one of the same. <laughs> right. and, and I mean, I don't know about how it is in Texas, but moving from California, I mean, it had become more everything has alcohol, a baby shower. I mean, she's pregnant. Why do you have alcohol? A right. children's birthday party, a Bible study. Like, I had people here when we moved to Georgia, I said, there's not been a women's Bible study that I've ever gone to that didn't have wine. And they're like, what? I said, (laughs) so it's, you know, but once again, society, right? Right. What has become the norm? And that doesn't mean that it's, it's not bad if you want to do that, but it's also not bad if you don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, exactly right. I'm sorry. The other thing I got to say, uh, I I was sitting listening a couple, a a few things you said, right? Uh, one is, um, well, I'll say, so I, I, I used to um, train uh, men, disciple men, uh, who were uh, basically transitioning out of prison, right? Uh, and then, and the idea is that most have been involved in criminal activity for multiple years, and they go to prison, and they learn to be better criminals from other criminals, and then, but they get saved and they get out. And you need to train them how to live in a society uh, outside of criminal element, right? Uh, and the second portion of that is most of them that I, that we dealt with had drug addictions, which is mm-hmm. why they were in prison in the first place. Right. So a number of things you're talking about, the, the idea of like getting out, saying, listen, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set some goals, goals, right? It needs to be a simple goals at first, simple things to achieve. Uh, and literally, I'm serious. When they're getting out, getting an ID card, getting a social security card, getting a driver's license. Now, you think it's not a big deal, but to them, it's huge, huge. Because each little achievement, you set them up for the next one and for the next one. And that was literally our program. We walked them through a little achievement at a time to get them to the point where they were living on their own. And our, our, we had this thing called being smart. Have a simple goal, make it uh, measurable, has to be <laughs> achievable, realistic, and go from there. So it's amazing that that even with food, you still have the same sort of addictive behavior and the same sort of process out of it. And each case, same thing. If you want to see somebody fail, give them too much to accomplish, too, uh, too high expectations. And that usually what happens, they would fail. And then, well, might as well go back to what I know. And I can't do it anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's why accountability really <clears throat> well. And, you know, having a coach, my, my, our job is to guide you. Yes. It's not really to tell you what to do. Uh, I usually ask you like a cheerleader or a drill sergeant because people are very different in what they're looking for. <laughs> but <laughs> I have noticed the farther we, we, we've helped almost a thousand people now. And mm. honestly, it was a God thing. We never <laughs> intended for this to become what it is. And we talk about God a lot. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. opportunity because people share their hurts, probably very similar to prison ministry, yeah. right? And just yeah. general pastoral. But I've learned as the farther we've gone along, how similar it is to some of the AA programs and that like yeah. the different things out there, yeah. there's a common thread of accountability. And we talk about 1% better every right. day. Right. It's a con- like, don't try to do the 15% thing. It Don't do it. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, Ron, you, you already know that. But also what's interesting is what one person's 
you know, uh, when they approach what they need to do, it's just a step, right? And yeah. to someone else, it's an entire wall, right? right. So right. yes, yeah. You got to be able to figure out who's who's the wall and who's the step, and yeah. make it yeah. the appropriate way, Absolutely. which is not always. Well, that's that's yeah. probably where you're good because acceptance is a key word there. Like Christ accepted us, he accepted us where we are to take us to all we can become in him. Mm. And so when they get you got the wall builders and the others, like you're saying, uh, you both have a great ability. And again, it's your relationship with Christ. Don't mm. you agree, guys? The way mm. you know, the love of God flows out of you guys, and uh, people Amen. feel comfortable with that. And like Ron was saying, and Paul's been this way and all the years I've known him, 50 years. When someone feels comfortable in a world that says there are no absolutes and a world that particularly look how many seniors there are. Yeah. Seniors are the largest group of people in the nation. We yeah. outnumber high school students across the nation. Having been a former high school principal and everything else in my own life, we're all here. And yet so many seniors will say to me, my head's turning. What do I believe? What do I not believe? Because I don't know. Everybody's everywhere. And just going back to the key thing is, like you're saying, loving them where they are. And the goal setting is the goal settings for their benefit and when they feel that encouragement from you and Steph, you know tank it that makes a big difference and you know I, I think that's a key element i think one of the things too is uh i don't care your size i i really don't i don't um it doesn't matter to me what you look like anyone that loves you is going to love you for who you are whether you are sick and you're underweight or you're way overweight. The difference I think is quality of life and ability to be present. And I say this a lot, God gave you one beautiful life and he gave you one vessel that you're here with to take care of. And the better you take care of that, and you have to be careful because that could also become an addiction and an obsession, right? Yes, yes, um, amen. That's like, every, right, I know. I. I probably borderline on that with my workout. <laughs> but when you do that, the, the better you are going to be this amazing creation that God made you. He, you're the only one of you he made mm. and the better influence and love and kindness you're going to be able to have in your circle of influence. And if we all were able to live like that, I think we would have very profound impact. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, Amen. That's that an interesting point. Uh, so a question that brings up a question then, because uh, I agree, I, I was once addicted to uh, working out and weightlifting. Matter of fact, I went through a, a, a treatment center at the Market University uh, to help me get, get out of that, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but um, in, in, in my mind, it was, you know, the paramount thing to do is good to do i needed to stay in shape and blah 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 but again like you said i went overboard i i literally i uh, was on medication and counseling to get to get out break that addiction so um my question then is whether it's being healthy whether it's eating healthy what is whether it's eating too much whatever the obsession is how do we uh avoid either one of those becoming this sort of obsession or, or idol what what uh, What's, what's the key to that? This goes back to everything in life. Do you have a couple of people in your life that can sincerely, lovingly call you out mm -hmm. if you need it? And that's mm -hmm. not just these subjects, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then also a willingness to look at 
your surroundings and your patterns. And I know a lot of people addicted to exercise and addictive personalities choose addictions. I mean, let's joke for a second. You go to AA, they're all smoking, they're all having coffee, then they move to gum, <laughs> then they go to work out. Like addictive personalities just move the addiction around. And some are going to be healthier than others for you, but like there's a there's an underlying issue there. <laughs> Band-aid. <laughs> that we deal with that you need counseling. And I think therapy is a wonderful thing. Um, That's a little bit beyond what we do, right? So it really depends on the person. I think uh, just watching what you do and you you listen and you hear what they're saying um, and you put yourself in their shoes. And so you know better than they do what's really wrong. And so then it's a matter of twisting their brain around a few corners to come around to the, oh, I know what's wrong with me. And then it's their motivation because they've got to be motivated, right? You can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So you've got to find a way. And this is true of any coach. I mean, you know, Madden's first book was great about that. You know, some you just look at, you know, they just look back and they knew they screwed up. Others, you got to yell and scream. So, um, yeah, so it's, it, that's the challenge of any coach. More with pastoral counseling as well, that you guys will have people come in and you're like, red flag, I know what the thing is, but you can't <laughs> but you say can't. it, yeah. right? Yeah. It yeah. needs to think it's their idea. Yeah. They need to yeah. think that, first of all, they're accepted and loved, and they are because Christ is there. Christ mm-hmm. loves them and, mm-hmm. and gave his life for them. So therefore, they need to know that they're accepted. Secondly, they need to, if they get the place where they think it's their idea, yeah. You certainly don't need to feel good. Say, oh, look what I did. I got credit. Hey, what do you care? You want to make sure they're okay. Yeah. So if they feel it's my idea, you could say, that's a great idea. You know, I'm behind you all the way. And then the change begins. And you got to let them move slow on it. Yeah. If they move so fast, I think, you know, they're probably not there at all. And yeah. particularly a lot of times with seniors, because they think they have all the answers. There's a there's a wise guy, I know Dr. Hendricks, Paul remembers him, but I asked him once, uh, no, actually it was Dr. Sands. What's the greatest thing I respect you've learned so much in life? What's the greatest thing you've learned? He looked at me and he said, Joe, the greatest thing I've learned in life is that I've got so much more to learn. So I better be very careful with what I have learned. And that's the love coming in that we need to do. You are so good at that. What do you think? Oh, so this power of of discovery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like everything, timing is really important. We, we, I would never send a client just a website or something. We, I have to talk to someone. It's always free, but I really want to know if they're ready because if you're not ready, don't waste your time, your money. Right. And I think that's true for most things in life. Um, You Mm -hmm. have to have a significant enough reason why it matters to you. Mm -hmm. And I I've had, I had one Joe that was a senior and she's so sweet. I didn't know her. And when we were talking about doing programs, she's Hispanic and she's like, well, we see a lot of cultural food things, right? And every culture is a little bit different, but she loves making enchiladas for her family and she can't imagine it and blah, blah. And I remember we were traveling. I was in a grocery store and I said, you know what? I don't, I don't think you can be successful. I think it's a bad idea. And she froze like dead silence. And I've, I've learned to be quiet. Well, no, but I want to be healthy. I said, well, the enchiladas, I'm sure they're amazing. And it's really important. She goes, no, 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 no. I I can give it the enchiladas for a little bit. But so you have to come to it. And she lost 90 pounds. She was, she's 71 now. She takes care of her mother full time. And she knew she needed to 
be able to be present for her. Yeah, amazing woman. Um, so, you know, we all come in our own time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And they'll do it. We got six six minutes. I'm gonna put one spot in, but before we go there, how can we how can we help Paul? You got a thought? You wanna share like what how can we help a, with the website? Things, you know, here's here's one. I, I heard Tank say you can lead a horse. I think you can lead a horse to water. <laughs> uh, I heard one time you can lead a horse to water, but if you get him wet, he sure stinks. And, uh, yeah, and, and there, there's humor in that, but there's truth in that because people yeah. people don't like the stench of something that's not healthy. They they yeah. just don't. Uh, uh, in uh, in recovery ministry, we had at our church for a while. Uh, we had a we had a statement they would share and. The statement was, until the pain of change becomes greater than the pain of staying where you are, yes. you will not change. Yes. And uh, pain, is, pain is a, I, I have found my experience, pain is one of those things you really have to deal with. And it yeah. is extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but in Christ, always hope, always Amen. hope. And we can hold that out and, and model it uh, and and uh, and just encourage people where they are i love what you said steph and tank about uh taking people where they are and just loving them where they are uh, to be loved <laughs> even though you feel unlovely and for someone to say i i love you uh is absolutely liberating you know and and so i appreciate i appreciate all that you shared so that's what amen so i don't was the program you did was it celebrate recovery by chance yes yes okay so I've gone to a couple of those meetings before and it was really eye-opening for me because I didn't, I assumed, I went to AA with my best friend in high school and so I knew what those were like and I went to that and it was not at all what I expected, but very similar um, undertones. And, and one of the big things that I walked away with was insert the thing that you're trying to numb feeling with we need to feel it is okay to process whether that is anger like pain mm -hmm. grief and the longer you don't and you know we have the highest medication rate for um well pretty much everything but antidepressants <laughs> it's not actually solving anything it's just prolonging the numb and and uh, you're never going to be able to be off that unless you right start to process and so there's lots of vehicles that we use to get us there and food is, is just one of them, but it's, that's one of the spots I went that I realized, oh, this is way more similar with every, whether it's guilt, lying, drugs. I mean, it could be a million things. Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, one, of, one of the things we said too, uh, and I think it's so critical is that you're only as sick as your secrets. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you're when you're willing to tackle those, you know, and, and just and make a concerted effort to deal with them, you really begin to see change. Mm -hmm. uh, OK, we talk about this because we've been through, you know, big storm. But when you're in the dark, when you're in the dark, you don't or you, you don't want something to be out. Right. You don't want it exposed. You want to hide it. Well, as soon as it's out, then what damage can be done to you? It's already out. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, let it out, right. whatever the thing is. Well, we've got, amen, we've got like two minutes to tell them how they can get a hold of you again. Um, you you give them, how, how do they get a hold of you? And so we have a website, 
wellness with Steph. It's S-T-E-F dot com. But honestly, the best way I'm very active on Facebook and on Instagram, um, wellness with Steph, you can find me on both of those. I share a lot of free information. I want you healthy in all areas of life. Even if you never come to us as clients, that's just our heart for you. So that's the best way. Amen. Anybody, guys, you got one statement? Well, let me just say this real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can help us financially, that's great. Just go to our website. I'm going to take time on this, www. No, excuse me. Forget the W's. That was for the seniors in the group. But anyway, it's bbsradio.com forward slash capital R, raising capital E expectations. bbsradio.com slash raising expectations. There's a donation button there. If you could hit that and the Lord leads you to help us, we would be blessed and we would thank you very much for that. And uh, we appreciate that. So guys, we have uh, we have about a minute, Paul, real around. Any any words you want to say? I want to make sure we all get a word in because we well, love you guys. As, as a follow-up, as a follow-up to um, to celebrate recovery, the question that you asked Steph, uh, you know, you can go to AA and and I think they've done remarkable things, you know, in, in, in aiding people. But when AA talks about a higher power, that could be anything. It could be a yeah. rock, it can be a tree, it can be a rainbow, you know, whatever. The the beauty and the and the absolute truth of celebrate recovery is that it points you to a person. Uh yes. the, the person who created us, made us, uh purposes to uh, conform us to his image, you know, and, and, and the cool thing of it is, I think, is that he not only encourages us to do it, but he gives us the power through the Holy Spirit to do it and, and to give him the glory. So I, I just wanted to make that point, you know, that, that it's not just a simple 12 point, 12 step, uh, even though that's very functional, uh, we're, we're talking about the personhood of Jesus, which makes Amen. all the difference in the world. Yeah. All the difference. Amen. Well, and a quick plug for Celebrate Recovery. You know, you can Google it and there are classes all over. You don't even all have to be a member of that church. I mean, right. it's a big nationwide program. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Ron, you got 10 seconds. 10 seconds. <laughs> Sorry, <bro. laughs> I agree. I agree with Paul. Uh, I think the, uh, the thing we discovered whether what the addictions or the criminal activity, whatever it is, if oh, I am and f- certain and I am assured of I am a new creature in Christ and He is my Amen. source and sent, and I'm accepted by Him, that goes it takes me miles and miles of uh, over, overcoming and recovering from anything at all. Amen. It focuses on Him and not on the, the lies that Satan tells me. Amen. How'd That's I it. How do I do? Yeah. Right. Listen. We okay, ladies and gentlemen. We're so glad you're with us tonight. And listen, you can't do any better than someone helping you than calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and getting a hold of uh, Dr. Craig and Stephanie Thayer. Uh, she gave you the sites. You get in touch with me, whatever. We'll, we'll get it back to you again. Hey, guys, I love you all. We're so thankful. Thanks to the Thayers again. And uh, we're 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 doing really good on everything but fudge, but we'll keep working on that side of it. See if we can't do better. God bless and keep you. On behalf of everybody, we'll see you next week right here on bbsradio.com, Raising Expectations. So long for now. (laughs) Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous. 
but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.